When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest edition of Woke Bros. Of course, I'm your co-host, Big Waz, a.k.a. Wozney Lambray, joined as always by my partner out on the west side of Los Angeles, Nando Vila. What's going on with you, man? You know, I'm just I'm celebrating that Nancy Pelosi is uh, running for re-election. She announced she's running for re-election. Uh, this is going to be my last Woke Bros episode because I'm going to join her campaign as uh, pro- chief propaganda minister for the Nancy Pelosi campaign. Uh just make sure you guys are ready for some epic memes in your email. Uh, subject lines like, listen, guys, I need help. Uh, and yeah, that's going to be all me running the Nancy Pelosi campaign. Nancy Pelosi is literally the Leonardo DiCaprio as Jordan Belfort meme. I'm not fucking leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> he is the epitome of that meme. We'll get yeah. into that a little bit later in the show. Of course, the New York Times puts out a piece about the greatness of, you know, the jobs report and how many people are quitting their jobs. And isn't it great? They're quitting jobs and starting consultant firms and, you know, becoming entrepreneurs. Isn't it just great? These people, and it's so contagious. Them, they're white-collar workers. It's just great. We get into New York Times tone deafness about the job numbers and what they actually mean. But first, hey, man, um, I guess this isn't the worst news, honestly. Um, When you consider uh, the Biden administration's just complete lack of any wins and positivity, Stephen Breyer, Justice Stephen Breyer, uh, one of the, you know, ostensibly liberal judges on the Supreme Court, of which there are only three now. Um, yeah. he, he is stepping down. He's announced his retirement while on his book tour, mind you. Um, and this is important, Nando, of course, because Joe Biden and the Democrats get to fill his seat with a judge of their choosing, seeing as they do have the majority. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but you know, it, it's nice, and and I'm happy that the 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 GOP won't be able to make it seven two. However, um, you know, it's six three. Why is it six three? Because Obama got punked by Mitch McConnell, the 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 um, and Merrick Garland. Uh, of course, not only that. Of course, while Obama was still in office, Ruth Bader Ginsburg felt like she was just too important. There was yeah. no single other person on the planet who could yeah. vote with the other justices quite in the way that Ruth Bader Ginsburg could for liberal causes. And she was just too important to step down, Nando. Yeah. So she didn't. You're just, you're just you're just a typical man telling a woman to right. shut, her, shut her mouth and step down. You know? Right. She, you don't she, realize. Right. Yeah. She doesn't owe you anything. RBG doesn't owe you anything. Right, right, right. Exactly. Except for when the nation's uh, abortion rights get stripped away because of her decisions. But that's neither here nor there. Um, of course, RBG refused to step down. 
Trump was able to fill her replacement. Uh, freaking Scalia dies. Trump filled that replacement. And the balance of the court is what it is, right? And, you know, and I'm not no Supreme Court justice scholar or whatever, but, you know, there's this sense that every now and again, John Roberts, who is the biggest fucking corporate shill in the history of corporate shills, every now and again, he's stepping for gay rights. Or every now and again, he wouldn't let them completely gut Obamacare. Or every now and again... John Roberts would step in and whatever. But now it's 6'3". Uh, St <laughs> Stephen Breyer will be replaced by somebody. Uh, Nando, um, before we got on the show, said Joe had promised people that he would pick a chief justice from a specific demographic. But And I'm going all along, but I do want to say this. like This dude almost didn't do it. Okay? Yeah, he didn't um, want to do been, it. They had been he asking do it. for a while for a while to do this and he was on his book tour and he's like nah, i don't know what's the big deal like the, the court is pretty good just because we got conservatives we're upstanding we have credibility blah, blah 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 but i guess the pressure enough pressure has gotten to him i'm sure he got some concessions as to who the next person would be um but briar's finally stepping down nando i wonder if the tipping point was uh i don't know if you saw in the news like a week or two ago uh neil gorsuch the conservative on the court uh reportedly refused to wear a mask in the court and uh forced sotomayor who i guess had had covid and was immunocompromised or some shit, uh to to do the court from like by zoom <laughs> you know wow. like they were doing it in person and, mm -hmm. and he wouldn't i wonder if that was kind of like the tipping point where briar was like okay we can't have another one of these psychos uh in there um, <laughs> but, but yeah uh i wouldn't count my chickens before they hatch dude you know we're Precisely. assuming they're going to be able to get someone in there and it is not entirely clear to me that they can um get mansion and cinema on board with a nominee um it's you know i think we can you know it's possible but it's not i don't think it's a slam dunk i don't think it's guaranteed um you know there was actually a a gop operative uh some guy some republican operative was like yeah biden should just ask mansion who he wants and that's it you know um but it's not entirely clear to me that that they're gonna be able to do it because i think that mansion and cinema are enjoying uh derailing the attention. presidency yep. and they're joining the attention and stuff and and this is like another one this is just another uh field in which they could do that um but yeah it was we could talk about like who 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 it could be because you know oh no hold on Biden, wait, before we get because yeah. before we get into right. that i just want to say yeah, yeah, one yeah. thing um biden has nominated a bunch of lower court judges with the help of this democratic senate um, yep. Lower court judges. Again, you don't probably don't get no headlines for obstructing that shit. But it sure. should be said that Cinema and Mansion yeah. have played ball. They voted for all of them. For all of Biden's judges so far on the lower courts. Um, yeah. You know, you guys can go. Your mileage may vary on a cat like Maddie and Glace. Um, but he's like, look, man, without fucking without Joe Manchin, Biden wouldn't have been able to get through his his lower court judges if a Republican was in there, which I guess is one way of making it's the Joe stupidest Manchin thing. In, I mean, it's of course, but it's like it's the it's the biggest like no shit Sherlock point. Like, yes, of course, Manchin is better than like a Republican. Okay, you know, uh, <laughs> but okay, like it's just like congrats, Maddie. It's, you know, it's, like, it's just the weirdest um, whatever. But it should be said yeah. that they have nominated judges on the lower courts 
with the help of Mansion and Cinema. But again, those things don't draw the headlines. They don't get you, you know. He said uh, also it, that Mansion voted for Kavanaugh and Gorsuch. Mansion voted of course. for them. Um, yes. And it should be said that like Susan Collins voted for both of Obama's uh, nominees or whatever. Like she voted for Kagan and Sotomayor. So like it's possible that, you know, if Manchin defects that, uh, you know, Susan Collins or one of these people from the GOP defect. Again, it doesn't change the balance of power in the court. Um, if they <laughs> do one in, it just kind of maintains a 6-3 conservative majority. Um, right. But yeah, I don't know that it's guaranteed. I mean, I think people are assuming it's going to just sail through. And I don't know. I mean, I'm just like seeing the contours of America. What's the, I just don't see the I just don't see the, the proof that these people have have an ability to whip up votes. Nobody yeah. on the nobody's whipping up votes ever. Yeah. Um, And so I, I like you can't even do it for shit that's got 70 percent approval. You know, something as obscure as the Supreme Court, which, again, I don't know, maybe if they go with the. I don't know where they go with this. There's just there's just nothing they could do. Um, but I do want to talk about uh, you know, cause because <laughs> it did come up yeah. during the campaign who Biden, if he had the chance to fill a seat on the Supreme Court, who he might do it with, Nando. Um uh, who who did Uncle Joe but, say that he wanted to fill the seat? Like, with listen, listen, Jack. Listen, Jack. If I get a chance to fill that seat, I'm gonna. It's gonna be a black chick, you know. <laughs> uh, and it, it's not a sex thing or anything like that. It's not like a weird porn thing. Uh, it's just. <laughs> it's gonna be a black woman. <laughs> oh God. Oh, yeah, Joe Manchin promised. I think he promised. No, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe, excuse me. Joe Biden promised some prominent Dems, you know, and prominent, important Dem donors who happen to be black. That one of the reasons why his candidacy was one worth supporting was that he would make it his business to make his um, Supreme Court justice pick the very first black woman in the history of the court. Which again, I'm not. I'm not trying to poo-poo it, and you know, um, no. and say that it's not historic and important. Of course, it is. I just want to know who this person, where this person comes from. Hopefully, yeah. it's not just another fucking Harvard, Yale, Princeton clerk for X, Y, and Z in the fucking Supreme Court. Maybe we get somebody that's done public defense one time. Maybe we've done. We get somebody who's done, you know, consumer defense. Somebody, somebody. Yeah. Who isn't just part of the corporate orthodoxy. You feel me? Yeah. I mean, okay. So, you know, I, I'm not like an expert on this shit, but, um, yeah. you know, I'm not like one of these like court watchers, but like, you know, doing a, a little bit of reading before the show. Uh, there seems to be a consensus kind of number one pick that there seems to be a consensus front runner, you know, like the pre draft, uh, you know, when there's someone who you know is going to be the number one overall pick. And it's this woman. Katanji Brown Jackson. Okay, sadly, was she went to Harvard, uh, but <laughs> but for the purposes of uh, you know, she was raised in Miami, Florida, which is kind of cool. Okay, um, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Dade and County, stand up. Dade County, baby. Um, and uh, she was a public defender in DC. For a while. Okay, so, okay. Yes, yeah, there you go. There yeah. you go. Somebody with a diverse. Of course, she went to Harvard. But she went to Harvard. So. We know we can't trust those people as far as we can throw them. Like, yeah, yeah. But again, like in but again, in the context of the Supreme Court, you know, having somebody who's worked in 
public defense, bro. Like, damn, bro. Like, that's it's more historic. Yeah. I, like, come on. When you consider the Ka- Ka- Kavanaugh worked on that nigga, he worked on Bush v. Gore. <laughs> like, it's it's it's, yeah. it's a difference. It's it's a difference of yeah. degrees, right? So you know, yeah. the, I, I feel like that would be a pretty inspired pick, and I do think, you know, making the pick. Historic can work as a bulwark against, you know, certain types of attacks and all of that kind of thing. But who knows? Yeah. Manchin is throwing itself in front of, you know, similar things that seemed unimpeachable yeah. before. Well, like he, the child is, tax I voted. I think he may have voted for her. Manchin, so, like, I guess uh, Biden nominated her to some court, like the D.C. federal bench or some shit, and mm-hmm. Manchin voted for her. So, like, it would be weird for him to now Got vote you. Uh, against her. Uh, so, again, that's the consensus. That's like, you know, when LeBron uh, entered the draft. Was coming and, out of high school. Yeah, coming out of Akron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, she's yeah. the number one pick. Yeah, she's the number one pick. But we got some sleeper sleeper picks. Okay, you know, let's hear some other because he did say it had to be a sister now, a black woman. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. We got some names here. We got some names. We got Justice Leandra Kruger, uh, okay. who's on the uh, California Supreme I don't think Court. I haven't met a black Kruger. You think she's married to a white homie, or what, what do I we don't think know, that is? Because Leandra, Leandra sounds black, but Kruger, okay. yeah, that's a. Um, there's one called Justice Candace Jackson Akibumi, you know? Uh, okay. Um, Leandra Kruger, I'm looking at her right now, Nando. She might be a mulatto shorty. She might be ooh. She might be a mixed race, which, okay. of course, we don't do the, the one drop, whatever. You black, period. We don't yeah, do yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we see it with a Kruger because I'm a, just telling a you, like. policy on this show. <laughs> listen, we, that's a policy. No, what I'm saying is. um. You know, a lot of times, like, black people have white last names, obviously, because of colonialism, slavery, all of that shit. You know, you get Johnsons and, you know, McCormick's and all kinds of white names. But Kruger is just not one you see very very German. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was going to say. The Germans came in after. Yeah, Yeah, the The Germans Germans came, came unfortunately for them, they came after slavery. They didn't get to... They to didn't start naming their workforce in after themselves. World War II. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, so we got Leandra Kruger. Who else we got? Uh, we got some woman named Michelle Childs, you know. Uh, she's a federal district judge in South Carolina. Um, you know, she's she's on the she's on the short list. But but was, you know, the 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 woman that I want to see get a look you know uh i feel like she's uh underrated uh she might you know she she she's not like she doesn't like leap off the charts in any you know she doesn't have like a super fast 40 or something like sure. that you know but uh but, I feel but like she's, she's got the intangibles around. right uh-huh she's got the intangibles uh she got the name recognition uh got you vice president kamala harris <laughs> on the court baby <laughs> Do it, Bob. Do it, Joe. You know you want to. Oh you know you God. want to. You know she's annoying you in the White House. She's like oh calling you all day, God. asking for meetings that you don't want to be in part. You don't want to like listen Christ to her. Christ Almighty. And you know, like you were, you were bullied into choosing her because you, you know, like you needed a black woman and the vice president. <laughs> you know, you never really wanted her anyway. Uh, this is a perfect opportunity to kill two birds with one stone. She's horribly unpopular. Um, she's the heir apparent. She's going to get crushed by whoever she runs against. Um, and, uh, you know, this way you can just get, give her a graceful exit. You know, she becomes the first black woman on the bench. 
What do you Yeah, think? you you know what's crazy is that I'm of two minds here. Um one, I, I do think she is being railroaded by the party apparatus that they're already already yeah. sodding the ground. Like, no, 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 it's not Kamala. <laughs> it won't be yeah. Kamala. Nope. Yeah. Not her. So she is getting screwed. Like we recognize that. But again, like she ran already. She sucked at it. And yeah. all she's done has been, oh, she was attached to Joe Biden when he actually won. So it's not like she hasn't done anything or proven anything that would make you think like, oh, OK, this is going to be a better candidate this time around. So while she yeah. may be getting screwed in the sense that usually the vice president, <clears throat> Joe fucking Biden, gets to just write his ticket. You know, and people are going to support him and back him. Uh, look, I, look, this is actually a good solution to things. She yeah. can't complain that she got completely railroaded. This is one of the most important jobs in the fucking world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Also, uh, I mean, if I were her, I'd take it in a second. You know, like better. she knows deep down in in her heart that she's going to get crushed to Trump or whoever. <laughs> it's know, a like... lifetime appointment, bro. Like, yeah. What like what what would be the point of that? So yeah, I think I think that would actually be a good situation. Now, of course, you know these freaking weirdo centrist right winger never Trumpers, Bill Crystal, because of course he's never been wrong about enough things. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's not he's never been around. He's never been wrong about enough things. Going back from Iraq to multiple things, he wants Joe Byron to. Uh, Nominate Kamala for for Supreme Court, and then Mitt Romney super ticket, the unstop the unstoppable, you know, bipartisan ticket, Nando, a ticket the that unity ticket. nobody wants. Republicans yeah. don't want it. Democrats, don't. who wants this ticket? But yeah, Bill Crystal and his, you know, when him and his buddies get around a circle jerk, this is the type of things they they masturbate to. I I like have the when's the last time any of these people like hung out with Republican voters? You know, like when's the last they assume that because Mitt Romney has an R next to his name that these Republican voters uh, fucking love that guy um, and they fucking hate him. You know, they fucking yeah. hate him. Trump hated him. Uh, he hated Biden. Trump. I mean, there was that famous picture of the picture of Romney begging Trump to make him Secretary of State. Um, at the Manhattan restaurant, <laughs> Romney's turned around, like looking all like like scared, and Trump is like got the most evil grin. <laughs> but my favorite picture of all time. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, these people think that that kind of thing people like, and no one likes it. You know, like a Biden Romney getting together, like they'd fucking get crushed. Uh, it's it's it's. Pathetic. How were you supposed to energize Democrats? behind like what what are you energizing and again it's not like you've ever gotten Mitt Romney to vote against Republicans on anything that was of substance like what's the proof that this dude would be fun or good or like I, I don't understand this I, they're so dumb and this this dude, dude works for the New York Times y'all like he's yeah. one of their biggest columnists like basically it's just like say what comes out of your mind don't need to back it up with facts, reporting, whatever, and send it to our tens of millions of subscribers yeah. and just put poison in there. Like, that's what this guy is hired to do. And, yeah, this is the shit he comes up with. Dude, I'm from I'm from Florida and the, the Florida Democratic Party tries to do that move all the time and they just lose every time. <laughs> like, very famously, they, um, you know, when Rick Scott ran for governor, 
Um, he ran as a Republican, obviously, uh, just like this absolute alien of a fucking lizard man. Um, they uh, ran against him instead of like finding some like Democrat that they liked and whatever. They ran a guy named Charlie Crist. I remember who Charlie used to be Christ. a Republican. He was right. like they did the move where they were like, you know what, we'll 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 run a Republican against the Republican and they're going to be like, whoa, you know, like, look how like reasonable they are. And like, look how much, what Nobody happened. Nobody liked Charlie Chris. Get out of yeah, here. Like the Republicans are like, look at this fucking turncoat traitor. And the Democrats are like a Republican. Like that's the whole fucking point of being a Democrat is they don't like those people, you know, like, uh. Uh, only the Dems, like, like there's no, there's no planet that somebody would get on, say Fox news and say, yo, you know who who Trump should run? Joe Manchin. <laughs> no chance. They just wouldn't do it. They just would never do something like that. They would never advocate yeah. for that. They would tell Trump, no, get like a really big Jesus guy or get, um, you know, a, a, a really big, good xenophobia guy. Like, don't wait. Get somebody who the base enjoys. He does something that the base enjoys. Don't hit me with this yeah. other crap that you're trying to do. Um, but anyway, yeah, you guys should definitely be on the lookout to see what happens with Joe Biden in this pick to see if Joe Manchin allows him to be president. Uh, next up, of course, the New York Times, Nando. Um, you know, they said that the quitting is contagious. Uh, yeah. at in reference to the latest job reports, I think in November of 2021, a record 4.5 million American workers quit their job, um, beating the record of the previous month, which I think was about 3.2 million Americans. A lot of them were going into other jobs. Um, and just, you know, th there's a lot of stuff in the numbers, but what the New York Times, of course, took away from it was that white collar people are having a great go of it. Um yeah. And, you know, they have the option to quit. They have savings so they can start new businesses. They have this, they have that, and it's fucking great while never at any single time mentioning, you know, what certain politicians derisively called low-skill workers, what we just call just people who don't get paid that much, low-wage workers. Um, they're the ones who are making the bulk of these, um, these, uh, these quitting of the jobs and you know, and it's because they're the ones working the worst jobs. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it is, it is kind of a remarkable statistic that there are so many people quitting their jobs. I mean, I don't, I think it's probably too early to, to, to come up with some definitive reason why, or, or at least, at least one factor. I mean, it's probably a, a, a variety of factors, not, not, you know, the pandemic being um, chief among them, but also, you know, tight labor market, um, generous kind of government assistance over the, you know, from, from COVID and, um, you know, these supply chains disruptions, which are just, um, you know, very much kind of making the, the, the actual work much more difficult. But like the, the lead in the New York Times piece, I just like was, was, it was just remarkable. I mean, this is the opening paragraphs uh, from a woman named Emma Goldberg. She writes, something infectious is spreading through the workforce. Its symptoms present in a spate of two-week notices. Its transmission is visible in real time. And few bosses seem to know how to inoculate their staff against this quitagion. Um, get it? It's a quitagion. It's not a contagion. 
And <laughs> you know they 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 cite a bunch of like weird psychological shit to to explain this, but like this is like an example of it. They go, the office has long been a petri dish for infectious behavior. Lying, cheating, and job satisfaction all tend to spread from desk to desk. Financial advisors, for example, are 37% more likely to commit misconduct if they encounter teammates who have done so, what research referred to, researchers refer to as peer effects, noting that one case of misconduct results on an average of an additional 0.59 cases. Employees also mimic the nutritional patterns of people they sit with in the cafeteria. Teammates are also suggestible to one another in far subtler ways than we realize. And you know, on some level, that's kind of been like an old Marxist uh, thing in that it was kind of easier to organize the workforce in these kind of giant factories of, you know, St. Petersburg in Russia in 1915 or whatever, uh, because they really had like 50,000 workers just like sitting side by side with each other like, yo, this shit sucks. Doesn't it fucking suck? Like this shit fucking sucks. You know, like, uh, look at that fucking asshole. He's the boss. Like, what if we just, you know, um, but, and, and employers here in America have kind of figured that out. They kind of try to isolate workers as much as they can. They don't let you, um, you know, congregate in large groups. They don't like it when you do that. But what this New York Times piece like doesn't contend with is, these sort of hard economic factors beneath it all in that people are fucking sick and tired of working these shitty jobs in unsafe conditions for low pay. I mean, that's, that's a huge part of it, you know, like that's just absolutely a huge part of it. Like in the response in Jacobin, Alex press points out that something like 20% of all health healthcare workers have quit in the last year. I mean, that's, it's insane. Um, and, and, you know, a large part of it is that they're like, fuck this. Like I'm sitting here working my ass off, seeing people die left and right. Um, and feeling totally helpless and traumatized by it. Um, but yeah, it's a quotation was. Yeah. And my favorite part of the piece was the, the lady said, quote, so quitting begets more quitting, a challenge that employers can't always solve with raises or perks. Yeah. At the best jobs. <laughs> yes. At the best jobs, the, 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 the freaking solve for a work, uh, a worker who is dissatisfied with how things are going is not going to be, um, yo, better health insurance, blah, like they already got all of that stuff. Right. But not at the very bottom, which again, makes up the bulk of the quitting. The bulk of the quitting is not people to have enough savings to pay their rent for a year in their bank account. Yeah. Right. Like it's not those people. You know, those are the type of people who quit and start side businesses, et cetera, et cetera. The people, most of the people who are quitting are quitting because the job is just so horrible. It's not worth it when you consider the pay, when you consider the risk, when you just consider the general unhappiness that you feel while in that job. Um, it's it's just obvious, you know, when it comes to your you know, your physical health, but also your mental and emotional health. Like everybody understands that these are the people that are actually leaving the jobs, but of course the New York Times because, you know, they're, first of all, the workforce is a bunch of white-collar, hoity-toity, over-educated, fancy-ass people. And then again, like, their customer base sort of self-selects for that. It, it is a bunch of people like me and Nando <laughs> reading yeah. it and just being like, isn't that something? Hmm, maybe yeah. I should start a pottery business. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's not people who are just like, yeah, man, my fucking job is completely horrible. They're working me to the bone, to the nub. I'm barely able to pay my bills. I can never hang out with friends, do fun things, yada, yada, yada. Like, what are we doing over there? You know? And But the funny thing is, like, it's it, like I'll read a jobs report that details who is actually quitting these jobs in the New York Times. This is yeah. the most hilarious thing. Like, like, like numbers that this paper has published could tell you. Like, this is ridiculous to to make that the emphasis of this piece. But yet here we are. Yeah, they don't want to talk to those icky people, though. They want to talk to like no, a creative director. No, and, and that was another know, thing. That's yeah. who they talked to. Somebody who worked at a tech startup. Another person yeah. worked in um digital marketing, a uh, digital marketing firm. Like this is you know creative industries, which is basically white yeah. collar, upper echelon type of job. You work at a startup in Silicon Valley. Like trust me, them they they might be a startup, but it's not like me just being like, oh, I'm gonna start making you know spaghetti out of my crib and selling it. No, 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 no. no. These things are funded. They they've got investment. You getting paid. <laughs> you getting bennies. You not get the you ain't going to no shitty. This isn't like Silicon Valley like 20, 30 years ago, where you might join a startup and it really be some like, oh man, this is on the border, but I believe in this thing. Like any startup you're going to over this, you're gonna be fine. Again, like yeah. these are privileged jobs, bro. Like these people are good. They didn't go and ask some guy that works in a UPS warehouse or Amazon warehouse or, you know, some, some home health attendant, right. Who's caring for older people, nursing home person. Like they didn't talk to those people. They talked to, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been wondering for a while, like, what they're going to do about all of this shit. Like, there's only so, you know, people, uh, they're only going to tolerate this kind of shit for so long, you know, that they're going to find a way to force people to work, um, that they need, they need some way to compel these people. And, and they're not going to just, like, raise wages. Like, that, that's going to be, like, the <laughs> last resort, you know, like, um, <laughs> Uh, especially without without any without the unions, you know, like we don't, you know, as union yeah. density is, keeps going down. But um, so they're not gonna like uh, you know fucking raise wages to compel people back to work. They're gonna come up with some sort of authoritarian thing. I mean, it might and it might start with uh, it might start with just like you know doing what they did in 1979 uh, with Paul Volcker when you know by just like in, you know inducing another recession. Um, and making people so desperate that they have to go back to work. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's, and if not something even more authoritarian, I don't even want to think about that, but they're going to do yeah. something like they need these people to work. They need, they, you know, pe these rich people are, they can't get a fucking drink at a bar in the Hamptons anymore. Yeah. You know, it's not, <laughs> it's, it's not as fun being rich when you don't have people to lord over. Like that's the whole point of all of this. Right. Like if being rich just means you, like stuff just gets harder, like but they got to understand that we're at a tipping point, too. It's just like, guys, like you've got enough. You're still going to be filthy fucking rich. Stop for once, you know, and and, you know, uh, fucking Jamie Dimon, even at a freaking seminar was like, yeah, I, I think 
I think we've cleaved enough out of the tax system at this point. Like, literally, I think we've done enough, dude. Like, Jamie fucking Diamond even publicly said, yo, we might, yeah, I think we might be good tax-wise. Like, we've taken enough from the people. Um, but, you know, we'll see. Um, and, of course, New York Times was continue to be cringe uh but last but not least nando we got a celebration today none other than the speaker of the mm. house of representatives she's been that since 2006 mm. no yes yeah. yeah yeah basically said when the when the dems took over the house because iraq and all of that shit was going so horrible since 2006 nancy pelosi has been the democratic leader um, in the House, um, she's back to speaker. She is running again in 2022. She is, she will be a spring chicken, 82 years old in November of this year. Speaking of mm. Silicon Valley, she is of that area of the state. Um, she's rich herself. Her constituents are rich. Also, of course, she's the leader of the Democratic Party um, as we know it. And, like, you know, Chuck Schumer's the leader in the Senate, but, like, he's not as influential as Nancy Pelosi is. No. Um, and, yeah, she's basically the most powerful Democrat who's not in the executive branch. And she's 82 years old. And she's still going to run, again, in a place that's comfortably, comfortably blue, right? So yeah. it's like, that seat would go to another Democrat, and we could just move leadership onto somebody else. Just yeah, let's like you're 82. Yeah, you're 82. You can just give it to somebody else, but no, Nancy Pelosi's like, no, nah, I ain't done yet. This is a uh, this thing that's this is a problem that's plaguing the Democratic Party. I mean, it's just um, it's something that they that the Republicans don't have the same problem. Like their leadership is nowhere near as old and they have a they have a different system. It's like a little arcane and complex, but they have a different system in how they kind of pick leadership. And it 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 kind of encourages a little bit more cycle through, which means that they have a much deeper kind of political bench. I mean, you saw that in the last primary with the Democrats. Uh, you know, the guy who ended up winning was Biden, who's also like, you know, 80 years old. Uh, and you have situations like where, you know, Senator Dianne Feinstein, who's 87. OK, um, there's reports like even her own staff are kind of leaking to the New Yorker, Jane Mayer. She's that like, yeah, yeah, she's her brain she's is gone. not entirely She's there, 87 like, years old, bro. 87. Wow. Yeah. Um, and okay, Pelosi's key lieutenants uh, are Steny Hoyer and Jim Clyburn. Steny Hoyer is 81. And Jim Clyburn, the guy who handed South Carolina to Joe Biden, is 80. Okay. Wow. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's great. You know, you love to see it. Um, there's no <laughs> kind of, there's no like 50 year old powerful democrat you know what i mean like no. there's no like 55 year old even which is not like a young person but they're right but they're you know they still got a lot they still got some energy left and still still got something to look forward to in the future uh but no i love it nancy pelosi she's great uh you know she's uh she's been there forever and uh and she's gonna be with us forever like we're gonna um in 2050 when they upload nancy pelosi's uh you know consciousness and some silicon valley tech guy is going to upload her consciousness into the cloud and she's going to be speaker of the house. be the speaker yeah. of the house 
yeah, um, on yeah, behalf yeah. of the Democrats. So yeah, that's that's your Democratic Party, folks. Um, just great, just a party all about the people, all about the 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 young people, all about you know sharing power, democracy, all of that great stuff. Um, it's it's completely pathetic. Um, yeah, that's so that's our show for today of course make sure you're checking out all the other counter things offerings make sure if you can become a patreon at patreon.com backslash counter things for extra counter things content man we out of here we'll see you next week peace later <laughs>